Welcome to the Pregnant with Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Regina Hassan. Here we are, our fourth episode, and God keeps showing us his goodness. Thank you, God. I want to thank all of you who have shown uh, all of you who have shown me your support. And I want to thank those who have watched the episodes. I am really, really thankful for that. In the third chapter of Ecclesiastic verses one and two, it reads, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. For those of us who are 60 plus, one of the challenges we face is that as we get older and if we're blessed to have our parents still with us, they too are getting older. My father is 92 years old and has lost his sight to glaucoma and he requires extra care. But I still count it all joy that he's still here with me. My guest today shared with me that both of her parents are still alive and she considers it a privilege to be able to care for them. My guest discloses this about herself. She has served in many roles in her lifetime, but none more important than being a daughter and a woman in long-term recovery. It is in these two roles that she has found her purpose and God's plan for the next phase of her life. Please, y'all, my friend, <laughs> Pam Wells. Hey, Pam. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm blessed, girl. Just good. Um. So just want to uh, chop it up with you this morning, uh, Pam. Um, uh, there's like you say, you, you have been in many roles and that you are multi, you so are many. multifaceted individual, <laughs> you know, uh, in, in, by, in no way would I put you in a box. I just would not be able to find a box first of all, but I would not put you in a box. Um, so I, uh, um, I know you're a broadcast veteran with an extensive radio background. Can you tell us how you got started in broadcasting? Uh, <laughs> I Yeah, I, I started at Magic 102 when it first went on the air as a receptionist. And uh, we had a music director who didn't really have an ear for music and I have an ear for music. And um, I used to make a lot of recommendations. And there I met my mentor who said, oh, well, I'm going to move you over there. You can be a secretary. Now you can be his assistant. And then you could be the music director. And I ultimately became the music director for that chain of radio stations. Mm -hmm. And then lived all over the country, Chicago, Memphis, Los Angeles, as uh, one of the very first female programmers in the nation. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that was just fascinating to me. Told you I just do voice work. I love voice work. So I was the Lustra Silk girl. And anybody in our age group remembers Lustra Silk because it was the product of the time. So you know you're old when you remember <laughs> Pink. That's all I remember. Pink. Right. Pink. <laughs> and um, you know, um, I suffered the, the entire time, and I have to say this. I was in my active disease, but I was functioning. Uh, and, you know, functioning enough to get by until I couldn't anymore. And I came back to Houston to find my life, you know, mm -hmm. not because I wanted to, because I had to. Because you had to. And well, that, was God, that was God's plan. 
Right, exactly. That leads me to the second question. I, I was I had stated it. Uh, it was during your career in broadcasting that a funny thing happened on the way to your destiny. <laughs> you took a detour, which led you to your purpose. Uh, yes. Uh, you'll be celebrating thirty years of recovery. Am I in right? August, August thirtieth, nineteen ninety-two. Thirty years. Thirty years. Thirty years. Glory to God miracles can you talk can you talk to us about how your recovery prepared you for your present purpose of taking care of your parents Oof! in so many ways <laughs> first of all before you tell me that tell me about your parents tell me a little bit about your oh parents. man my parents are anyone who knows my parents always say they are such a beautiful couple and they are they have been in love for 69 years Probably longer wow. than that, but they've been married 69 years. Wow. And I have been present for 60, almost 68 of those 69 years. Wow. So um, I have watched their love evolve. They, they had fun together when they were younger. I remember that. They have fun together. Now it's a little different. Um, but they really impress upon me the values of a marriage. You know, they're mm. both educators. My father's retired full bird colonel. Uh, mm -hmm. from the army, but he was also a principal and assistant superintendent in HISD. Oh, My wow. mother's a counselor and a teacher. She taught at Attucks and, you know, just so folks All right, are All right, Cameron Attics. and Ernestine Wells. I went to Attucks. I went to Attucks. She, she, she taught me algebra. Wow. So, <laughs> I know. Wow. Really? That's a whole nother story for a different day. Different day. Uh, so tell me how your recovery uh, prepared you to be able to do what you're doing now, which is being the caretaker for your parents. And so, and, and I like, I like to say that I'm caregiving. I had to switch caregiving. that up. So that's right. one thing my recovery helped me with because, um, you know, selfish and self-centered, <laughs> this is who we are. Mm -hmm. So this transition happened at a time when I was thinking of transitioning to retiring to see the world. You know, right, right. and the need became greater and it and it interrupted my plan. Right. You know? <laughs> I, I want to be very straight about it because this is how it happens for a lot of people. Exactly. This is not exactly. what I had in mind. Not but, at all. No, but recovery gives you the humility and the strength to respond in the moment because I have a relationship with my Lord and the Savior. So yes. he yeah. is guiding me on this path. Well, and and I I'm honest about the challenges of being a caregiver. I'm honest about the weight of it mm -hmm. some days, emotionally and physically. I'm also honest about the fact that there's a struggle that happens within. I belong to a lot of geriatric groups, AARP, you know, and I'm saying this to anybody out there that's giving caregiving for anyone. Join mm -hmm. a group. So that you see that the experiences you're having are happening all over the world outside of your home. Mm -hmm. And you can relate and also get some really good insight into how to manage, you know? Oh, this is what I do. This is my time saver. This is this is what I do. My father has uh, dementia and Parkinson's. And so I belong to some of those groups. And man, do they help me. To, you know, to keep a perspective on what's important. What's important is that they're here. 
Right. And what recovery has done for me is taught me to stay in the moment. Stay in the moment. That's I got good. 24 hours. Let's just stay in the 24 hours. That's good. That's good. Well, yeah. you, you kind of answered the, uh, uh, well, you've already disclosed that you're very um, open <laughs> about the challenges. So my next question is, uh, what's the biggest challenge you face in taking care of your parents? What's the biggest challenge that you face? Oh, the biggest. That they're... I, you know, that's that's a tough one for me because I, you know, the, the biggest challenge is balance. That's what I want to say. The biggest challenge is balance. Assuring that they are getting the best possible care at every level. And while at that same time, assuring that I'm caring for myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so anybody out there caring for anybody, I don't care whether it's geriatric or if it's early childhood care, you know, the caregiver is the one that usually suffers physically. And then you're unavailable to the people that you want to love and and patience. Ooh. You know, I always said, oh, I'm never going to pray for patience. And I was like, right. I don't have to because God said, I'm going to teach you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You don't yeah, have to pray for I'll, it. I'll never, I'll never pray for patience because then you have to get up off your knees and wait. That's so right. Right there, you know. So he's provided me an opportunity to learn patience. And um, so the I think that's probably the biggest challenge I face is striking a balance, knowing um, when I've done enough. I don't think that I always feel like I've done enough. Like there's always more. More. That could be done. So, so you mentioned that balance. Um, you still work, right, Pam? Four days a week. <laughs> so, uh, for a lot of people watching, me, me included, you know that balance that you talk about. Mm-hmm. Finding that balance, doing with the, you know dealing with the work, you know dealing with other issues, trying to have a personal life, and the personal life. I was getting ready to say, you have a personal life. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> a social life? What? Well, having a social life. I, I guess my question has to do with, you know, uh, what? How, how do you get to balance all that? And uh, what resources do you use? Uh, uh, okay. I know you say you go to groups, but. Well, I'm, I'm online in groups. I'm not going to groups. I get my right. online meetings because I can do that. While I'm multitasking, right. I have a therapist. I recommend one. I get a massage every other week. That sounds good. Okay. Uh, I'd love to, say, down. I'd to, love to say I'm out there exercising. Not yet. And that's the yet of it. You know what I found at some point I was losing me in this process, especially mm-hmm. when my mother was very ill. It, I just felt like I was on this treadmill just going round and round and round. And um, a, a dear friend of mine said, but you are, you have to have you in the middle of all of this. Somewhere mm-hmm. in there, there has to be you. So, you know, writing again, my writing is, is so much fun for me. So when I can shut my brain down and, and turn on that creative tool, then it works for me. It could be journaling for other people. It could be... Um, Getting in a walking group, you know. Journaling is good. Journal, mm-hmm. journaling is good. I, I like what you said about therapy. 
Yeah. Uh, so that's very that's very helpful. Uh, also, also uh, grief work is very helpful too because you have there is a loss there. Uh, I, oh. I think that it was very difficult for me once I saw that my parents were getting older. Mm-hmm. When I when I realized one day that they were getting older, and it was like. It, it was like a, a different person, especially with my mom who had who suffered from dementia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was person. like I, I had lost my uh, my mom, the mom that I had come to know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, grief work uh, has been very beneficial to be able to look at not just a physical loss, but there's a loss of what used to be. And exactly right. There's a loss of what used to be, especially with my dad. My dad and I were very close. So uh-huh. now it's, uh, you know, when I, when I first went back to therapy, what, what was happening was she described it as active grief. You're, you're actively grieving. You're grieving something that you haven't lost yet, but you have lost, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that person that you know, I, I know I remember telling my dad not too long ago, smile, daddy, I miss your smile. Mm-hmm. And it resonated with me because that is what I miss. You know, I miss that sense of humor. Um, I'm an only child. So that in addition to that, you know, Mm -hmm. that was my hang buddy. That was my fishing friend, you know. Um, So, so yeah, there are a lot of different levels of loss that you experience. So I agree with you. Grief work is important and don't wait until you lose them. Start it now because every day, you know, a little more is especially for people um, who um, have some cognitive loss. So true, so true, so true. So Pam, yes. Um, this has been great. I mean, you're covering everything that I had planned on asking <laughs> uh, with you. So uh, you're currently serving as vice president for direct information resources. Decision, look, my boss will kill me. Decision information resources. Okay, I'm sorry, decision Decision information. I'm sorry. And this is an African-American-owned research and evaluation firm. This blows my mind. I've been with them. It'll be 30 years in August, uh, in in October. And uh, they have DIR. I mean, just, you know, you never know where God is going to take you. And you never know his plans for you when you get in that place. So I started there as a data entry clerk. Mm. Right. And this is a multi-million dollar research and evaluation firm. What we do is unlike what other firms do. We Our focus is social policy, social good, always operating from a culturally responsive lens. We, we've always worked with underserved populations, low income. This has afforded me the opportunity to go into, you know, where The Wire was filmed, I've worked mm-hmm. in that facility. I've I've worked walking those courts, um, doing data collection, leading teams. It's just afforded me an opportunity to see the world and what we can do. You know, mm-hmm. highly educated, um, ethical, uh, integrity, and it's led by a man of God, which I'm telling you has been the greatest blessing. So everything we do is is aligned with the integrity of God. And 
and, and I, I've loved it. You know, it's um, so I work there four days a week now. That's changed for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and it is an escape. I'm not going to tell you know, you can look at work as work or you can look at it as an escape. <laughs> I think what you mentioned earlier, um, what I mentioned about you earlier is, is what just resonated with me about you, Pam, from the very beginning. And it, it seems like that that has to be somewhat of a change in mindset. And what you said was about counting it a privilege. To be able to uh, take care of your parents. And that just because for so many people like myself can see it as a burden. Uh, I'm not able, you know, I got all this going on, you know, not um, not out of I don't love my my parents, Mm -hmm. but out of, oh, this is just so overwhelming. Why? And then when you said what you said, account counting it a privilege and being able to look that in this season, that's why that's I quoted nice Ecclesiastic, in this season, mm-hmm. this is God's purpose for, for my, my life. life. And, you know, walking, and walking in that purpose is very fulfilling. It, it is. And and let me say this about, about that, Regina, because I, did, I didn't come to this situation feeling like it was a privilege. Right, I, exactly. That's, I came to this situation trying to one uh manage and control it to see mm-hmm. how I could make it fit into my life right to see how I could um just take care of everything and not not get with God and say okay God really what is it I'm missing that's what happened I went to God and I said what am I missing here you know and and what res- counted all joy Count it all joy. Count it all joy. This is a, it, it doesn't feel like it all the time now, but it is. It is a privilege. Count it all joy. I have lived long enough and been in reasonable health to be able to serve the people who took care of me from the beginning. And that's, and that's took a very care good me well. Not just took care of me, took right. care of me well. And it doesn't matter whether they had taken care of me well or not. I have been given the privilege to give back to the one who's given me life. Life, that's right, right. And and you know um, that that is so important. You know about the the health. You know there have been days where I had so much to do and so much to take care of it, and then at the end of the day, I realized that God gave me everything I needed For to that make day. sure it got taken care of, especially when it comes to my father. Uh, that. I have everything I need that the strength will come from somewhere. It comes, well, it comes from God, but that strength will come and I'll, I'll be able to do what needs to be done to take care of them and quit. Um, and, and once I got into that mindset of, you know, this is a privilege, you mm-hmm. know, uh, this is something that I feel like that God will be well pleased with this, you know, honor thy father and thy mother. Um, well, your days. Yes, 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 yes. And you know what? I, I mean, and, and having that feeling of knowing that, hey, this is something that I'm able to do. God right. has granted me the strength to be able to do it. And I'm going to do it. it. It's just, that's it. I'm going to do it. And any given day, uh, I'm praying the Erica Campbell prayer, Lord, pray my strength. That's right. all. That's all I can do. You know, some days it's like that. But that shift um, in perspective, 
you know, to know that. And, and it's what you said at the beginning from Ecclesiastic to everything. There's a season to everything. You know? And, and I, I was watching something the other night and I don't know whether your audience has seen it. It's Ptolemy Gray. It's on the Apple channel. It's a Samuel Jackson. And it's about a patient with dementia, mm. you know, and, and it is an incredibly well-produced series and and what it realized was he says in there that this is a for this young lady that's helping him this is just one season of your life mm. your life will go on it may feel like it's not you know mine will yeah. end here but yours will go on so like i was telling you before the show i have to look forward to the next season while i'm in this season while you're in this season right mhm mm mhm mm you know and but understand it's a season. season. And right. just understanding that it's a season. You know, it, it's a season. It won't be, it, it won't be winter always. Spring no. will come. Spring right. will come. And this actually is spring, though. That's where the privilege comes in. Exactly. I can look at it as winter, and that'll drag me down all day long. But it is actually spring. It's spring all the time. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. spring all the time. You know, and embracing that makes the journey so much easier. One of the things that I often share with people, uh, uh, my mom uh, died eight years ago. Mm -hmm. it'll, be, it'll be eight years in May. And, and one day, um, and as I said, she has dementia. One day she was uh, standing in the mirror and I, I was watching her in the mirror and she was standing there, she was brushing her teeth and she just stopped. She would have these moments of clarity. Mm -hmm. Dementia would let her go for just yes. a few moments of clarity. And I told, um, and I tell people, I say, I, I tell this to everyone. I tell it to everyone. And she looked in the mirror and she said, I wish I had done more. Mm. And I, and I think, I believe that what she was talking about is she wasn't talking about, she wish she had worked more. But I think she wanted more time with us. You know, she wanted to do uh, more of the things that she enjoyed. She wanted to tell us that she loved us more. Right. Uh, she wanted to be able to um, enjoy her life more, uh, the, not be so worried about those other things. But just that moment, and I always tell people, hey, if you get a chance, do more. You know, more. If, you, if you get the chance... Do I more. agree. Every day that God gives you, do more. Do more. That's do good. More. I like so, it. Okay, so um, Pam, let me see. Um, here we go. This is a good one. <laughs> this is a good one. Tell me some words of encouragement that you would share with persons watching who are taking care of a parent or a grandparent or a child or a sibling or a spouse, mm. but they are being a caregiver. Uh, like you stated, give me, give me some words of encouragement. What would you say to them? I would say to those who are watching, who are giving care to enjoy the moment in spite of what it looks like, embrace the moments and don't focus on the drudgery. Cause I'm going to tell you that there are days that are drudgery focus on the little twinkling of the eye, the smile you may get, the, the joy that you can find in every moment. 
That that's what I would tell people who are caregiving and and that they and to reach out to someone. I would encourage you to reach out to someone because everybody needs someone. And when you're on this journey, it can be very lonely. So uh, I encourage you to get a buddy. Just get a buddy. It may be a buddy you never met before, but get a buddy and and share your experience as you grow with others. So as they come along, they too can grow. I mean, as something we chatted about earlier, I want to say to the younger people who are in this journey taking care of parents my age, hmm. you had no idea that this would be your journey, but it is your gift. Yeah. And I want you to remember that it is a gift. Thank you, Pam. Those are great words of encouragement. I feel encouraged. I feel encouraged. So I want to thank you again, Pam, for um, being with us today. I enjoyed this discussion. So Um, did I. I I really did. Like I said, there's more to you. I am fascinated uh, with your your journey. Thank you. Working in broadcasting, being the first black woman programmer, you know, all that is very fascinating to me. Uh, also, you are you told me you have a book in progress. You want to talk? I, I have a book, and, but you know, so many of your friends watching this are going to go, We already know about this book. Uh, but the thing is, is that it's, it's almost there. Uh, yeah, I have a book. It is a novel, it is it's a recovery novel. There are very few. It's mm-hmm. um, called Vita's Lament, A Recovery Love Story with a Peculiar Mental Twist. Okay. All right. We're waiting on it, Pam. We're waiting it won't on be it. long. <laughs> okay. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. It I'm won't glad be long. to hear it. And when, and when it comes, hopefully we can bring you back and we can talk. About I would you. love to. Thank you so much. Well, Thank you. Uh, that's our show for today. I'd like to leave you with, you know your old win. We talk about this all the time that I'm going to leave this on the show. I already mentioned one. You know you're old when you know what luster silk is. Uh, Amen. It was luster silk before it was pink. Uh, it's always been pink in color, but it was luster silk. But I wanted to add uh, a couple of uh, more. Uh, you know you're old when you hear the phone ring and you pick up your remote to answer. You know you're old. And then you're mad because when you pick it up and say hello, nobody's saying nothing. Uh, that's that's because you have the remote. Or vice versa. You want to change the TV channel and you pick up your phone and point it at the TV and talk about this thing must need this thing must need new batteries. So those are the two you know you owe. Um, I'm still seeking some more. If you have any, please reach out and give me one. I, I would love it or give me a couple of them. Um, we do this just to laugh at ourselves, not to make fun of anyone, but just to laugh at ourselves when we realize that we are getting older. Mm. Uh, make it a great day. And remember what I always say, if you're not dead, God's not done. 